Let's mother hacking do this. <laughs> What the heck is up and welcome to Fears to Freedom Radio. I'm your host, actually underscore Alexandra on Instagram, duh. (laughs) And I'm here to share everything I've learned in my own personal growth journey and my journey to freedom to help you see your worth, love yourself, make peace with food in your bod, and essentially help you find your own freedom, you know? Sound good? Okay, let's get into it. I freaking love my podcast music, the little like rap, whatever it is. Um, okay, also, I suck at, I suck at podcasting. I'm sorry, this is a blooper, but it's gonna be in here. All right, now that that's settled, um, I was basically saying I suck at podcasting. <laughs> I am the most like unplanned person. I'm a very just like go with the flow. And right now it's 5:20 on April 20 something. I don't even know. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to record this random podcast in my closet just sitting here. And I just like toddle with my phone and like make a bunch of noise. So I'm sorry if there's like background noise. I'm just I'm just a very fly by the seat of your pants type of person. So I decided actually I was like, I want to record a podcast. And there was like three different topics I wanted to talk about. But I decided I'm going to talk about the eating disorder that is disguised as health, aka the eating disorder that probably 95% of girls actually have with just convincing themselves that they're healthy. So if you're one of those girls, I'm calling you out. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm really not calling you out. I'm giving you so much love um, because I was one of those girls too. So I've never really gotten into like my full story. Like I've never shared my full eating disorder story, which I'm going to. Um, I mean, I share so much of my story in bits and pieces on Instagram, but I really just need to like write it all out or speak it all out or I have something coming with it. Um, and part of my coaching method is my, and actually I can't say this yet. I can't say this yet. Um, anyways, coming soon, stay tuned. But anyways, I've never fully shared my story from start to finish and, I want to and I'm going to, but I'm going to share this part of my story or just talk about the eating disorder that gets disguised as the healthy, the love for health, because I freaking had that. So I got diagnosed with anorexia in 2013 and I was very clearly anorexic, like not by looks because I don't think that anorexia necessarily has to come with a look but with my habits with my thoughts I was I could be defined as anorexic well you know I'm a human so I wouldn't be defined by that but you know what I mean you know what I'm saying um I like was a textbook anorexic I had all of the behaviors all of the whatever disordered things and I was in and out of treatment like whatever. I had a feeding tube. I was in the depths of an eating disorder, a very clear eating disorder. And that part of my story lasted, like that phase of my story lasted for a few years, but then it morphed into something else. And this is what I feel like happens for a lot of people is their anorexia or their eating disorder, whatever it may be, like a severe, clear eating disorder morphs into this love for health And, you know, so some people go through it as in they start with a very clear, like, 
I can see that that's an eating disorder type of thing, and they morph into this thing that gets disguised for health. And some girls just start at this eating disorder part that gets disguised as health. And so I think it really is the most common one, but we still just really like talk about like binge eating disorder or obviously mostly anorexia for some reason that one gets the most attention I I think it's like you know the sexiest right it's like ooh, starving yourself you have so much willpower like look at you and I feel like there's more shame around binge eating disorder which there shouldn't be and around bulimia which there also shouldn't be but the thing that needs to get talked about more is the one that gets just swept under the rug aka orthorexia aka an obsession with health or a a quote-unquote love for health and you don't even have to be diagnosed with orthorexia or feel like you struggle with it that much or that intensely but if your relationship with food and the gym and your body is like impacting your life in a negative way and you are putting health above your life like quote-unquote health and clean eating and going to the gym 24 7 like if you're putting those things above your life then it's a problem and if you are missing out on life for the sake of health, then is it really healthy? And like, it doesn't have to be, you probably think like, oh, I don't have a problem. I just love health because I was that way too. You know, I morphed from the very clear, yes, you have an eating disorder because of your habits to the gray area of an eating disorder, which I guess could be described as disordered eating, but really it's an eating disorder. And when I was going through this phase of disordered eating, I think it was probably the loneliest one. It was lonelier than going through anorexia. It was lonelier than, and it felt more like weird, I guess. I don't really know the word. Just like then going through anorexia, it was very like textbook. Like there's very clear indicators of anorexia. But with this orthorexia and with this obsession for health, it's such a gray area. And so, so many girls just get caught up in thinking that they love health and truly convinced, like, I was truly convinced that I loved health and I didn't see it as a problem. And I got, like, so defensive when people would question it or, like, make fun of me for my love for health or just, like, roll their eyes and be like, oh my god, of course she's getting the salad and all of those things. Like, I would get so defensive if anyone questioned my habits. Like, if my mom was like, oh, you're going to the gym again? I'd be like, um, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I just love health. And the thing is, it's okay to love health, but there is a very fine line between a love for health and an obsession. An obsession is something that takes over your life. So yeah, you can eat paleo cookies without it being disordered. I still freaking love my paleo cookies and I often bake paleo cookies, but it's because I've gotten myself to the point where I don't fear real ones. Like, are you baking paleo cookies because you fear real cookies? Or are you baking paleo cookies because you're like, yeah, I really do like love baking like this and using quote unquote wholesome ingredients and whatever. And you've walked yourself through the fear of freaking Oreos. Like, yes, I can eat Oreos or I can eat paleo cookies. But the thing is like, why are you doing it? You might be convincing yourself that you love health, but are you quote unquote loving health out of fear of you know are you loving paleo cookies out of fear of real ones but like I said this was part of my story that felt the loneliest and the weirdest because I just didn't know where to turn I didn't know what to do it didn't feel like a problem you know and I think that's why it's so easy to convince yourself that it's not because one in today's world we are in the wellness world right 
like we are so into quote unquote wellness, which is really like, hey, let me promote all this disordered stuff to get you obsessed with wellness and make you think there's like no other way to live your life and that you always have to have zucchini pasta over real pasta or that everything in the world should be replaced with cauliflower. Like we are very much in the wellness world right now. And don't get me wrong, I freaking love wellness. But like I said, there is a fine line between an obsession and a healthy habit. And right now the world is like being driven by obsession with it. So one, I feel like this phase was weird because it felt kind of normal what I was going through. So like I didn't see it as a problem. So like I didn't realize, like I didn't realize, oh, I shouldn't be thinking about food 24 seven. And maybe it isn't normal to like bring my own meals everywhere and plan my day of eating and like never allow myself real pizza like maybe that isn't normal and then also it felt lonely because like I didn't want to be thinking about food 24 7 I didn't want to like always have to be the one ordering the salad or doing things out of fear rather than like oh I really just want the paleo cookie or whatever it was like but it felt lonely because I didn't have an eating disorder, you know? Like, I wasn't in my phase of anorexia anymore. I wasn't restricting. Like, I was eating enough. And I was working out, like, I don't think obsessively. I mean, maybe, maybe a little too much. I was really strict on, I definitely wasn't overworking myself, I guess. I was working out too strictly, like, keeping myself to a very strict routine with working out and a very strict routine with eating and it felt safe but also it just felt so weird because I was like okay this is right like this is healthy but why don't I feel healthy why don't I feel good why do I just kind of feel like obsessed and but like this isn't a problem like I'm not I'm eating enough so this isn't a problem so what do I do because this is just health this is just how I'm supposed to live a healthy lifestyle And you convince yourself that that is just health. And so you convince yourself that you don't need to change and that it's okay to never allow yourself real pizza or never live in like true balance. You allow yourself to skip being with your friends to like go to the gym and you just like convince yourself that this is health. This this is what health is. And, you know, you say no to eating at restaurants because they cook in canola oil and you are just so convinced that you're just being healthy. But that is not freaking healthy. That is obsessive. I literally used to say no to going out to restaurants with anyone because because I was like, oh, they they cook in canola oil, so I can't go. So, like, that's not healthy, so obviously I can't go. And I genuinely didn't see it as a problem. And now I look back and I'm like, dude, what the hell were you doing? Like, you literally, like, convinced yourself that you couldn't go out to eat because of freaking canola oil? Like, you missed out on so many memories because of canola oil. You think that eating out at a restaurant once in a while that uses canola oil is going to kill you and you think that's unhealthy? You need to freaking like redefine what health is because missing out on life is not health. That is obsessive. If something is take like health should add to your life. It shouldn't take away from your life. And That's why I think that that phase of my eating disorder was honestly the worst phase. Not when I was in and out of treatment, not when I had a feeding tube up my nose, not when I was told by my doctors that I was dying. It was when I was obsessed with health because it felt normal, but it also felt like something I didn't want to be stuck in forever. 
but it also felt like if this is normal, then why should I change, you know? And I think that's where a lot of girls get stuck in this phase too. Um, Whether you started at this phase and that's how your eating disorder started, because yes, I believe, and yes, orthorexia is a real eating disorder, but even if you don't believe that you are to the extent of orthorexia, like, oh, I wouldn't be diagnosed with orthorexia. If you are struggling with food in your mind, if you are obsessed with food in your mind and like always thinking about calories and carbs and planning your day and doing whatever you can to shrink your body smaller, like that is an obsession and that is something that you deserve freedom from. So I think a lot of girls get stuck in this place where they're obsessed with health, but they don't know how to break free because they're like, "Mm, well, I'm eating enough, but like, I'm just obsessed. So like, it's fine. And also like, I'm not in recovery, you know? So when that's why I always like to stray away from the term recovery, because healing your relationship with food is for anyone, whether you are in recovery from an eating disorder or not, whether you relate to someone who has anorexia or orthorexia, or you just think you're struggling with quote unquote, just disordered eating, which I don't believe there's just a thing as like just disordered eating, like, because disordered eating is bad. You sh- you don't deserve to be struggling with disordered eating. Like you deserve a normal relationship with food and your body. But again, I think that so many people get stuck here because they're like, well, I'm not in recovery. You know, I'm eating enough. So like, it's fine. This is all fine. And then they hear the term recovery and it's like, well, I don't relate to that. So whatever. Like I'm not that bad. So I can live like this forever. I I know I convinced myself of that. And I was so confused because I was like, well, I'm not in recovery. Like I'm not really in recovery anymore from my, the depths of my eating disorder, but I do want to like have a better relationship with food, you know? So I like to say freedom because everyone, like, I don't like the term recovery. I like the term finding freedom because every single person on this earth deserves to find freedom. Nobody, like no girl, no matter how quote unquote bad you feel like your relationship with food is or how disordered you are, or if you are diagnosed or not, or if you feel like you even are at the point where you could be diagnosed, who freaking cares about a diagnosis? It says nothing. Nobody deserves to struggle in their mind the way that disordered eating like nobody deserves to feel so low about themselves that they turn to food and disordered eating to you know bring them this false sense of worth because they think oh I can control my body and then more people will love me like nobody deserves to struggle in their mind with food or their body period so it doesn't matter what your struggle looks like compared to anyone else or if you relate to the term recovery like You deserve freedom in your mind. You deserve freedom to be able to go out to pizza with your friends without thinking about, oh my God, well, I need to restrict and like not eat enough. Like I shouldn't eat that much today and I should probably limit my carbs because I'm going out to pizza and then you get to pizza and you're starving because you've restricted yourself and you're still just like feeling guilty after. Like you don't deserve to struggle in your mind. You deserve freedom. So no matter if you feel like, oh, it's not that bad, I promise you, It's bad enough to deserve freedom. So you deserve to heal your relationship with food. You deserve to work towards finding that freedom at no matter what phase you're at, you know? So if you're one of those girls who's like, "Mm, well, I'm not anorexic and I'm eating enough and like I'm getting enough calories. So like using that as an excuse to kind of like stay stuck and stay in the cycle of being obsessed, 
You deserve freedom. You don't deserve to struggle in your mind, okay? Just because you're eating enough doesn't mean your struggle isn't quote-unquote bad enough, okay? You deserve freedom just as much as anyone else. So that was always helpful for me to place it in my mind as freedom because especially at this point, I was like, I'm not in recovery, so what the hell do I do? Freedom is what you do or what you find. (laughs) So basically, the whole world is stuck in diet culture thinking that it's okay, like, we're convinced that, like, the way we're living, like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine to be obsessed with health. It's fine to miss out on life for the sake of having a smaller body or eating clean ingredients. But let me tell you something that's not okay. You have one freaking life, literally one life. And you're going to say no to pizza nights and drinks with your friends because it's quote-unquote unhealthy? Like, let me tell you something, girlfriend, that in itself is unhealthy. Missing out on memories is unhealthy. I mean, unless you truly don't want to go. Unless you're like, meh, that's not really my thing. I don't want to go. But also, during this phase of my disordered relationship with food, I convinced myself that I didn't want to go. I convinced myself for so long that I didn't like drinking. But really, it was like my disordered relationship with it. Because I convinced myself if I drink, then I had to, also I'm going to do a whole nother podcast episode on my relationship with alcohol, but I convinced myself that like, oh, if I drink, that's empty calories and like pointless calories and I don't need them. And if I do drink, then I need to eat less and blah, blah, blah. And then it would lead me, so I would eat less. And then it would lead me to like feeling like shit whenever I drink and being like an emotional wreck and like getting drunk way too quickly. So that was like, oh, I just hate drinking and I don't like going out. But it was like all because it was just so disordered, you know, and like it would force me to eat less and all this stuff. We'll get into that in another episode. But when you're struggling with the obsession with health, you can easily convince yourself that you don't like things that you actually do like. Like for so long, I was like, meh, I don't like grains. I don't like I don't even like bread. Like what? Because I was quote-unquote, I wasn't, I never labeled myself as paleo, but I didn't really eat grains, and I was convinced, well, one, I was convinced that they were making me inflamed because I just listened to all those tips on the, on Instagram of, like, these are foods you should avoid because they cause you bloat and inflammation, and these will mess up with your gut, and you go down the line of, you know, the, I call it the wellness trap. Oh my god, I wrote a blog post about this forever ago on my old blog called the wellness trap, um, And it literally is the wellness trap. You see all of these tips and you convince yourself that you have to take them into your life and you convince yourself that, oh, Becky doesn't feel good from eating grains. Like that must be what makes my stomach bloat too. And then you eliminate grains and you convince yourself like, I don't even like grains or grains really don't work for me because I convinced myself of that for so long. And let me tell you something. I eat bread every single day in some form, whether it's pizza crust, toast. Pizza crust is my favorite. <laughs> um, well, I guess not bread. I wish I ate bread every day, but we're in quarantine right now and I'm like running really low. I eat some form of grains. Um, I love pasta. I've been having pasta literally every day. And guess what? I don't get bloated from it. I don't get the brain fog I convinced myself I got. I don't get stomach pain like I convinced myself that I got. Um grains work for me. And so just because they don't work for Becky doesn't mean they don't got to work for me too. But your mind will go to any length to convince yourself that something doesn't work for you because, you know, some someone on the internet told you 
it didn't work for them. Or maybe you're convinced that like celery juice is the answer to all your problems because it's Lisa's answer to all her problems. And so you convince yourself or you force yourself to just drink the freaking celery juice even though you hate it because, you know, it's reducing all your bloat or whatever it is you're convincing yourself of. I don't even remember why I started that section of that ramble. (laughs) I always do this. I start one sentence and then I go on like a ramble and I forget why I started the sentence. Okay, I literally had to go back and listen to the beginning of what I started saying before that ramble to rejog, rejog, nope, that's not the word, to jog my memory, I think, I think that's the word. Um, So what I was saying is that we're convinced that like living in diet culture is fine and like we're just being healthy and it's fine to miss out on all these memories and it's fine to miss out on life for the sake of health. Like what the hell? I just want to, I literally, when I think of it, I get so freaking mad at my old self that I like want to go back and punch myself like really hardly. Like (laughs) I want to like beat the absolute shit out of my old self because I just get so much, so much mad. (laughs) I get so much anger thinking about how much life I missed on because life I missed out on because of the fact that I was putting health first and I was so convinced that it was okay. I was so convinced that I was just being healthy and I just loved health. And that gets me into, I wrote this Instagram caption um, because I had found a sheet of paper that said, actually, you know what? We're going to get the sheet of paper right now, right now, baby. This is what I mean by earlier when I was saying I just am so I just fly by the seat of my pants like I'm just sitting here and I'm like oh I should go pull that up go get my go out and get my desk go out to my desk (laughs) and probably if I did plan my episodes my talking would be a lot more fluent so I'm sorry but I'm actually not sorry because I'm unapologetic as frick because I'm just me and whoever I am is good enough for me and I don't care about anyone else being good enough for. Actually, that's <laughs> that's one way I healed my relationship with food is I became good enough for myself. I stopped giving a frick about what anyone else thought. My The number one way I healed my relationship with food, honestly, is I saw my worth and I stopped letting other people define my worth and I just like became myself and I started being true to myself and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day but I'm gonna read the start of this Instagram caption because I had found this journal from I don't know just some random journal it wasn't even one of my eating disorder journals it was just like in a random life one and I the top of it was or like the caption or what's it called the headline the headliner was how did I heal my relationship with food and I have like some bullet points of how I did it um so I'm gonna get into the caption that I wrote about this on Instagram so orthorexia I didn't realize I had a problem I just loved health until I realized it wasn't a love it was an obsession one that turned into fear over eating a real cookie over eating a paleo one anxiety over missing a workout distancing myself from people who didn't share a similar quote-unquote love for health etc This love that I had did not add to my life. It consumed it. I know there's a lot of girls struggling this way right now without even realizing it. I see you, girlfriend. I was you. Here's how I healed my relationship with food and my body. And so, first of all, this caption was, when I was writing, it was supposed to be a lot longer, but, like, Instagram cuts you off. So it was a lot longer and more beautiful and detailed. 
Um, and also, these are just, like, bullet points that I found just randomly. And I feel like truly healing my relationship with food came from a deeper place of healing my relationship with myself um, because my relationship with food was just a mirror of my relationship with myself. So I really had to build up my self-worth and self-confidence in order to actually heal my relationship with food. But here are also some things that helped me along the way, and I'm going to give you the five tips. Okay. Love over fear. Actually, we're going to save that one for last because I put it last in my caption because I think it's the most important one. So, one, I decided to respect my body no matter how I felt about its looks. This meant fueling it properly every day and not overworking it in the gym, even on my bad body image days. I really leaned into this body respect on the tough days because I know how it goes, you guys. Like, we have a tough body image day and then you're looking in the mirror and you're convinced that you just need to, oh, eat less and work out more and you start planning your calories and macros and, you know, your new clean diet regimen that you're going to adopt tomorrow and you start obsessing over it and convincing yourself that you need to eat less because your bad body image day must mean you need to change your body and whatever it is. But on those bad body image days, you need to lean on body respect. And no matter how negative you feel about the looks of your body, you have to realize that your body does so freaking much for you. And your body needs fuel for more than just walking around or moving. Like, your body needs fuel to keep the parts inside moving, to keep your lungs breathing, your brain working. Like when I was under eating, I could not think straight. And I never believed people when they were like, well, once you eat enough, you'll be able to think clearer. I was like, no, this is not from under eating. I'm just like stupid. I'm just like, I just can't think straight. It has nothing to do with my food. I was such a stubborn little biatch. Anyways, I had to respect my body because if I just kept turning back to, I'm going to eat less today, I'm going to eat less today, like that's not body respect. That's harming your body. Your body like needs fuel for your hormones. Like, do you want to get your period? Okay. You need to eat enough. Do you want to think straight? Okay. You need to eat enough. Do you want your heart to continue to beat? Then you need to eat enough. And that's what really helped me to actually eat enough and respect my body on the harder days. Number two. I had to focus on myself. I call this staying in my own lane. This has been my motto for I don't even know how many years, but when I set out on this journey to heal my relationship with myself and with food, um, I had to focus on myself. And I said, like, I literally adopted the motto of stay in your own lane. And this was years ago, and now I hear everyone saying it, and I'm like, I should have, I should have trademarked that shit. <laughs> Anyways, I had to focus on myself, stop comparing to what everyone else was doing, and figure out my own definition of what a truly healthy lifestyle looked like. Like, truly, this was actually one of the biggest things in my journey to heal my relationship with food was redefining what health meant to me because I had always just leaned on everyone else's definition of eat clean and work out six days a week, you know, and this food is bad and this food is good and never eat pizza and never have real cake because it's processed. So I was always the aunt at the birthday party who was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having cake. That's processed and like whatever. So I had to really redefine what health was and I started thinking of it as like, what is healthy for my mind? 
and and what would make me happy i started thinking of health in terms of happiness and i had to realize that like health is more than what you eat it's you know what is it what you feed it's not about what you feed your body it's also about what you feed your mind and what you feed your soul and what you feed your life so if you think of it in terms of that like what is your soul food not just the food you eat but what's going to nourish the heck out of your soul and i realized that what nourishes the heck out of my soul was a life without obsession where i could eat pizza with my friends or skip the gym if i wanted to without guilt and you know I had to stop heavily relying on, oh, health is black and white of eat this, don't eat this, go to the gym, do this six days a week. I had to really rely on intuition to guide me when it came to workouts, when it came to eating. And I had to realize like going out with my friends, drinking and following it up with some pizza at whatever, 4 a.m., was my definition of health because truly nothing in this world makes me happier. So that for me was healthy. Um, I had to tune out. I love this. I always say tune out the noise. So I tuned out all of the noise. And when it got loud, I remembered my definition of health. So when I found myself being like, you know, trying to step my toes back into diet culture or getting obsessed again, I would say, nope, what is my definition of health? My definition of health is not Becky's obsessive definition of health. Like, frick you, Becky, for trying to get me obsessed again. What is my definition? And I would step back into my own lane. One huge thing was I unfollowed anyone that I compared myself to or that made me feel less than in any way, which means, like, it wasn't even about them, obviously. Like, it was about me, but if someone was just promoting clean eating all the time, I couldn't see it, so I unfollowed them. And if one of my friends was, like, posting her her workouts or, like, her body all the time, I literally just unfollowed them because I don't care, like, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but I also don't want to harm my relationship with myself. So you have to protect your energy however you need and however is best for you. And unfollowing the heck out of people, I... I promise you, change my relationship with myself. Because if you're constantly being thrown like other people's lives in your face, you're constantly having things to compare to. Like without you even realizing, you see someone's breakfast and you the wheels start turning in your head of, well, is that all she's eating? Or I wonder what else she's going to eat today. Or like, I would always do this with like dinners that I saw people like, well, what else did she eat today if she's having that small of a dinner? And like my dinner was bigger and how did she work out? And like how many steps did she get to eat that much? Like why is she eating that much and I'm eating this much? And you just obsess like why isn't she having carbs at dinner? Like she just restricts carbs, but you don't know. Maybe she had like five slices of bread at lunch. Like you don't know. So you need to do whatever you can to quiet the noise of the rest of the world and tune into your world. That was something that really, really helped me. Um, I unfollowed anyone that made me question my food or my body or my workouts or my life in any type of way. And again, it wasn't about them because people just share their tips like so genuinely and like innocently. They're not meaning to like be like, hey, only eat paleo cookies. But if you're struggling with your relationship with food and your body and yourself, it's easy to just like take those in as like your new life rules. So block out that noise, baby. Um, One thing I had to do was I realized food was fuel for more than just energy. And I had to realize that calories went to more than just making me fat. You know, I 
kind of just talked about this in body respect, but I had to realize like my body actually needed food for the things like brain functioning and heart health. And I taught myself a lot about the healing powers of food and even more about the dangers of under eating because there was one part where I was like getting too into teaching myself the healing powers. And I was like, oh, this is like, I convinced myself like, you know, it gets you further down the rabbit hole of this food is good and this food is bad. So I think what I would say now, looking back, is teaching myself more about the dangers of under eating because there are so many dangers and I had to realize that. Um, and that was really helpful to like break the cycle. And then this, my key coined term, actually other people probably use this too, but I call it testing the waters. I figured out what types of things with food or workouts or my healthy lifestyle like cause fear or anxiety, like situations like eating out without planning in advance or specific foods I've been avoiding or missing a workout or saying yes to plans with friends. Um, I started like figuring out what types of those things cause fear and anxiety and I started facing those things head on. So I took breaks from the gym, like I forced myself to expose myself to my fears. Because here's the thing, if they, you might not even recognize them as fears, you know, but if something causes you a little anxiety, like, oh, my friends invited me out to breakfast, but I usually have this breakfast, like I usually have eggs for breakfast and this place doesn't have what I usually have for breakfast. You might not consider it a fear, but if that brings up a little anxiety for you, that's something you have to face head on because you don't want to live your life, your whole life being like, oh, I can't go out to breakfast because like they don't have what I usually eat for breakfast, you know? So I had to start facing my fears head on because I realized if I didn't, I would always just live inside of these like weird food rules and anxiety. So started facing my fears head on. Like I took breaks from the gym, even if I didn't want to, you know, I just had to do it. And like eating desserts with real sugar to debunk my own fears and show myself that I was fine because we all have these things that we think are going to happen if we eat too much sugar or, oh my God, mine was fruit, especially like if I eat too much fruit because, you know, fear mongolers on Instagram like to spread the fear of fruit. I just had, we have like this picture of what's going to happen if we eat too much, too many carbs, you know, quote unquote, too many or too much fruit or whatever it is. And I had to show myself that those fears were irrational by testing the waters with them. And I didn't just do it once. I had to repeat exposing myself to these things over and over and over so I could prove to myself like, homegirl, you're fine. You can eat real sugar. You can eat all the fruit that you want. You can go to breakfast and order pancakes. You can start your day with carbs rather than protein and you will still be fine. And then the last one that I wrote was, most importantly, coming at things with love over fear. I had to choose love over fear every day. I had to come at all of this from a place of love for myself and for my life. I realized that being controlled by food in my body was not getting me the life that I truly wanted and that it was holding me back from the life that I truly wanted. I held on to this realization when things got tough. That was, I think, the biggest realization for me was that I only had one life. And I was like, damn, girl, you are missing out on a lot of life for the sake of never eating real sugar or never having canola oil and, like, having a small body, like... You better wake your ass up and start living because you're going to look back when you're 78 and all your friends are going to have all these amazing memories and you're going to be like, I didn't do that because I was too afraid of pizza and canola oil and whatever it is. Um, 
So I hope those little tips helped you. Sorry, this was like an unorganized episode. I mean, honestly, all of them are. But I just want you to know, like, if you are struggling with this gray area of an eating disorder where you feel like it's not an eating disorder, but you know your relationship with food could be better, you deserve to heal it. You deserve to find freedom. You deserve to live a life where you can eat freaking pizza and not feel bad about it, you know? Like, you deserve freedom just as much as anyone else. And no diagnosis or no formal, quote-unquote, formal eating disorder can tell you that you deserve freedom. I'm telling you. I'm the one who's telling you. You don't deserve to struggle with food or your body in your mind. A struggle in your mind is a struggle that is valid no matter what a textbook definition of an eating disorder says. Like, I want you to realize that you don't have to live in the obsession with health. Just because the whole world is in the obsession does not mean you have to fall into the trap too. Don't allow yourself to fall into the wellness trap. And one thing I like to say is instead of, you know, falling into diet culture, instead of allowing yourself to fall into diet culture and feeling like, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing XYZ, what everyone else says, start getting mad or start feeling bad. Like I, I, for, for me, I used to like feel wrong if I was going against diet culture because like, oh, I should be eating the paleo cookie. But then I started realizing like, oh, I just feel bad. I feel bad for people who are stuck in diet culture. I feel bad for people who can't enjoy the donut or enjoy the pizza or skip a workout if they want. And I feel bad for people who choose salads because they feel like they need to choose salads rather than because they really love them. Like I started just like picturing it in my mind or flipping the script in my mind as like, I feel bad. So start feeling bad for people in diet culture and realize that you don't got to stay there. You deserve to find your freedom, to heal your relationship with food. And I know you will get there. I know it is possible for everyone. So I hope you liked this episode. Please share it with me or on your Instagram stories or wherever you want to share. Please share it, like it, subscribe to it, not like it. I'm not a YouTuber. I always say that. Rate it, leave it a review. I would love if you left it a review and told me the tip of my little five journal prompt tips that I had that helped me heal my relationship with food. I would love if you told me what one helped you the most or what one you're going to commit to this week. Okay, I will see you on the next episode, which will drop whenever the heck it drops because we fly by the seat of our pants. And I hope you have the best day ever. And every time I say that, I sing the SpongeBob song in my head.